We thought it was over. When the proverbial credits ran, we thought we were done. Sure, the journey seemed short in places, and maybe it was padded in others, but it was done. And then, they asked for my credit card information for something called The Lunch Crew Gaming Podcast DLC. Welcome to episode 10 of uh, the Lunch Crew Gaming Podcast. How are you guys doing today? Holy shit, double digits. I know. That's a, that's a lot. What are we doing? It's actually only it's actually binary for episode two. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so, yeah, this is, uh, uh, you know, we should have a big surprise thing. You know, woo, we'll give out another copy of Blood and Bacon. Well, as of the time of us recording this, we still technically haven't given out our first copy of Blood and Bacon, I don't that's, believe. That's absolutely correct. So, but... I don't know about you guys, but I've been sending it to everybody. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I haven't gotten a copy. With, I'm a with love from the Lunch Crew Gaming Podcast. <laughs> That's why our numbers have been dropping. It's like, why the fuck are we getting this? Nobody wants that. So what have you guys been doing this week? I know Brandon and I have been playing something really special, but Ken, what have you been doing? I have been working on some outside tool sets for a game that everyone thought would be awesome, but is kind of just lollyganging. Um, that and, and I discovered... Uh, the series Future Man, and I love it. Future, Future Man. Future Man. It was a Hulu exclusive, and it's actually in its second season. And it's just uh, the right kind of comedy that makes me feel special. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Um, Definitely the, recommend. The uh, I saw I saw the, the program you did, and I, I took a look at the webpage. If you're interested, I believe it has been shared with our Twitter account. Twitter. Yep. And uh, it uh, it's a pretty cool thing where, where people can... In an, in an MMO game, put up uh, their excess gear for sale, like an auction house, right? Is that how? I, is that correct? Uh, so it's basically one ads. So there already exist uh, like trade channels in Discord for uh, the official Discord channel of this game. It's Atlas, which is a pirate-based semi-MMO-y kind of game. Not a um, pirated, but a pirate. Yeah, semi-pirate-themed. Yeah. It's mostly pirate-themed, but it's not. Anyway, um, so it's just really painful to me to watch these people try and exchange stuff and advertise their wares in a real-time medium like Discord, and I'm just like, there has to be a better way. So I just spent the weekend and cooked up something really quick. So Oh, that's good. It looks really, really, uh, really slick. Yes, that's what Gavin said. Is like, yep, it looks like a website. And from him, that's a actually a quite good compliment. So. Yes, it looks like it's supposed to look. It doesn't look lame. And he will be very, very clear on that. Uh, I have a gym story. It's been a while. Um, okay. Jim has purchased a new uh, 3D printer, a, a top of the line, like the one that uh, everyone uh, really wants to uh, to have. He's very excited about it. So he actually just messaged me as you were talking about your project, Ken. He just messaged me to let me know that it's in Germany. Well, it's shipping from Buda, Bucher, Budapest. Where, where was Bucharest? On, Bucharest. Prague from Prague. Oh, so it okay. originally started in Prague the earlier today. The important thing is none of these places are actually in Germany that we mentioned. <laughs> right, right, right. But 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 it started in Prague earlier today, and it is currently in Germany. He is so excited. He was talking about writing a script to constant constantly update him 
as to its location. He's that, expecting it Friday. He's that excited. I will eagerly await uh, the discussion in the, uh, the 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 clan discord because we have a specific channel for coding about, hey, how do I do this? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Believe it or not, he is pretty good at it. And he actually uh, told me he talked Jeremy into considering getting one himself. So, and Jeremy said that is definitely on his radar, but not necessarily something that's going to happen soon. And I apologized because honestly, it's my fault that everybody's into 3D printing. So, okay, well, now you know Jim's story. You know what Ken did uh, when Ken's bored, he creates. And what Brandon and I did is we beta tested. Actually, I uh, put together a pie hole. Oh, good call. I've got one hey, as well. Shut, yeah. sh- shut your pie hole. Yeah. What, 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 what is holes? a pie hole? That's a great question. Brandon, do you want to take this I, one? I know what a pie hole is, but most of our listeners probably do not know what a pie hole is. And I'll shut up now so you can tell us. A pie so hole Brandon, in this pie instance, hole? a pie hole in this instance is simply a uh, device that sits on your network that blocks ads for you for just about every device on your network. And I got that because I was sick and tired of ads popping up on my goddamn TV when I was watching something. Yes. <laughs> and and it is uh, the reason why it's called Pi Hole is because it, it runs on a small computer device called a Raspberry Pi. It's about the size of a deck of cards. It's about anywhere from 35 to 60 bucks, depending on what whistles and bells you get with it. And it is the easiest thing in the world to set up if you can actually touch it. I've tried to do it remotely. And, <laughs> and uh, let me tell you, my Waldos, while enthusiastic, were not necessarily um, dexterous enough to... Uh, get us through the, the the issues that we were having which may have been operator error i didn't uh i didn't particularly like the local setup i liked remote setup better once i once i was able to sit at my computer and actually do stuff i was fine oh yeah, like yeah, doing, yeah, yeah. doing everything um on the pie it was just like i was like oh this sucks <laughs> uh well okay and that's that's the thing there's there's the there's the uh command line interface mm-hmm. which is is actually fairly easy it's um, linux yeah, it's Linux. You you write a command and it's they've got such a great support network that it's just one line and everything updates and you can just fire and forget. It's it's headless, they call it, where you don't need a, a, a screen or anything like that. So Brandon and I played a very specific closed beta this weekend. We are not being held back by a non-disclosure agreement. Yay. The game is called D- The Division 2, which is the second in the series. It's Tom Clancy's The Division 2. Um, even though Mr. Clancy is dead and has been dead for a while. Really? And, I, I didn't realize he died that long ago. Okay. Oh yeah. And, and apparently in real life, he was a bit of a, of a jerk, but <laughs> 2013, that explains why all his, his, uh, sorry, that explains why his name's being, uh, prostituted all over everything. So, <clears throat> well, it was the same way before he died. Um, but he did it well, on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, the, the, again, it, it's a shared world, you know, the, the Jack Ryan stuff, the, uh, um, hunt for red October that the, this is, this is the world that he lives in, uh, or he created and that people do this whole, if you got a Tom Clancy game, you know what to expect, you know, the specific types of things. There's rainbow six siege, you know, all these different things are going to be, if you're into that type of game, you know, what's going to happen. Now the division is an interesting style of game it's a it's an over the shoulder so you're watching your your guy run mmo ish type deal an rpg it is an rpg that's that's the first mistake people make uh it is an rpg at its core it's an rpg no matter what well (laughs) so we can have this as a giant episode of its own right but 
what makes it an RPG. Yeah, it has stats, levels, gear progression, um, your player progression, and quite yeah, quests, side quests. To not prevent what I think an RPG should be versus CRPGs versus action RPGs. I don't know if that alone makes it an RPG, but let me not derail this conversation. Well, no, no, this is actually a good point because we have listeners who don't even know RPG being a role-playing game. Um, what is a CRPG? I'm not sure what CR, C is. Compu- uh, computer role-playing game. Okay, okay. Role-playing game being the whole genre, either pen or paper or computer, but CRPG would be... Specifically on a computer, yeah. An ARPG being an action RPG, which is more action-oriented, but it has things like... Uh, Brando was mentioning stats, progression. That would um, be stuff like that. what I would put Division 2 under as an action RPG. Um, you can run with a squad of four. To traditionally, uh, if you look at games marketed as action RPGs, they are usually more hack and slash games like Diablo. Well, this would be a lot like that if they used swords and, and, and shields. It's just a slight change of where the camera's at. And uh, Doesn't the Division have shields? Yes. Okay, okay. <laughs> but not it has tactical shields like realistic base. Right, right. Inventories. You could, you could you could easily reskin the division two to be a fantasy skin, and it would play very similar. So yeah. challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, go for it. That would be fantastic. Um, that would be hilarious. Yeah. Shooting arrows, you know, six hundred arrows per minute. Out of my uh, light support squad crossbow. Um, the Chinese so, did have repeating crossbows in like you know, three hundred AD and stuff. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, it it. So basically, the 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 premise of the f- the first and second game is that there is a domestic terrorist attack in the United States in Manhattan. I believe is the first one during the winter. Uh, they call it the Dollar Flu. What they did is the uh, the bad guys had had covered money with uh, a smallpox vaccine a smallpox uh, 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 virus yeah it was specifically black friday if i recall from everything jeff has ranted on me about it right so yeah jeff is very excited about this game too and and uh yeah he he is uh he's very excited about that and uh we thought about bringing him on here but then the whole episode would be about the division two and uh since ken hasn't played it we want him to be a part of this one and it would just be three bro- bros going, hey, man, that was a great game. Yeah, great game. Yeah, great game. You know, and so that's not necessarily what we want to do here. We want to talk about this game. We want to talk about why the beta worked and why we're so excited about it and have Ken give us the critical ear or the critical eye or the critical voice that we're looking for to see. Is it just us being fanboys or is this a quality game? Again, the the dollar, uh, the dollar flu was in New York. What happened was... While they were trying to solve it, they realized there was this domestic terrorist, blah, blah, blah. So they sent in what they call uh, shade agents, sh- strategic Divi- homeland. What are they? Division agents. They were just division, division agents of the shade of SHD, no. which is this- okay. of the strategic homeland division. Yes. Yes. Called division agents. Right. Division for short, short for shade right. or short for SHD. Which is shade. But you are part of this. It doesn't matter. Anyway, the division agents go in the first wave of division agents go in and they disappear. You're part of the second wave and you go in and you have to deal with the gangs that have risen up. You have to deal with trying to help the survivors. You have to deal with trying to discover what happened to the first wave. It's a, it's a, it's a great game. Now, when division one came out, they Ubisoft, which based on episode nine, you know how Ken feels about Ubisoft. Um, Ubisoft wasn't quite prepared for how quickly everyone rushed to the end. 
And one of the big things that we talked about in a previous episode is end game content. And the Division One at the time, as of release, didn't have much in the way of end game content. Well, I, I, really quick, I think that's a big problem with a lot of MMOs is a lot of uh, when you open it up to a large amount of people, you make it multiplayer. So it's semi competitive. You're going to have a rush to the end. Um, so it's really hard to predict that. So in Ubisoft's defense, this may be one of the only times you ever hear oh these gosh. words out of my mouth. Uh, it is really difficult to create end game content that'll keep players engaged uh, in that kind of situation. Because I Jeff does that, man. He is he will sit there and he will consume content 12 hours a day. And then if he finishes your game inside of a work week, then your game sucks because there's no quote end game content. Uh, never mind that he's put like 50 hours in the game. So I don't know. Right, right. No, no, you're absolutely right. And, and part of the issue is, is that Ubisoft didn't really know how people were playing the game. And they did something I think was extremely intelligent. They watched players. They listened, removed the stuff that wasn't working, and then not only added stuff to make it work, but they improved upon the base game. They improved upon some of the, the mechanics they did. So a year later, it was a completely different game with everything that worked from it originally still there and just more stuff added to it. It made it more interesting of a game and took a game that was released in 2015 and made it so I mean, it is still a palatable and enjoyable game for a high level character today. So that brings us to Division 2. Now, Division 2 takes place in Washington, D.C., uh, eight months, I think, after the events of Division 1. It's seven, but it's about eight, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, it's in July. It's in July, basically from Christmas to July. And D.C. also had an incident happen. And Well, well, it's all the same incident. The, the dollar flu became a pandemic and went around the world. It shut down society. So that's the the reason why the division agents were activated was to save what was left of uh, the US government. That's what their purpose was. So here we are and and we're playing this this demo, this beta. It's it's really that is you're only allowed to get to level 7. There's only a select amount of content for you to use and it's quite obvious that they've 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 made they've tailored the demo to be a specific specific world this be this is what we want you to play in this is all that we want you to see a very specific tailored vertical slice yes mm -hmm. and even in that small snippet in those 72 hours that we had to play there was more than enough to to be interested and to do things that that alone is is interesting hit the level cap and you still feel like you can run around and do things and have a good time they they allowed us to have access to um the pvp which is called the dark zone and that allows you the the whole feel of going into an area where you play against other people and you don't necessarily know if they're good guys or they're bad guys and you get gear in there and it's it's a really in in division 1 it's a very tense, spooky world because it's a it's a huge bureau of New York and you're running around and it's and it's it's just huge and you're very paranoid. And, you know, it's it's a it was a lot of fun, but there were issues with people abusing it. And then as the years went on, they were able to adjust and, and fix and make it more enjoyable. Now, the Division Two. Brandon, did you get to go into the DZ? I went to the DZ once. Were you solo or with? The I was solo. I was solo. Um, I went in just to just to futz around and see what was going on in there, just to get a, a layout of the area. Because that first um, Dark Zone mission, you actually have a, a PvE or non-player versus player version of the Dark Zone that you go into 
to start the dark zone. Essentially I went and did that and that was fun. So I was like, okay, let me just go run around inside for a hot second to see, you know, what everyone's doing, where the enemy spawns are and stuff. I went in, I didn't get wrecked, but, uh, it was scary enough for me to say, this is for later when I have better gear and <laughs> you don't and believe it or not, the, the, I thought I ran with, I ran with Jeff and, uh, I was going to run with my friend, Ted Bundy. Uh, no, no. Ted is, uh, Oh, that's good. Yeah. He's that Ted's in jail. Anyway, finally dead. <laughs> anyway, I was going to run. I ran with, with Jeff and it was a blast. It's, it's a smaller area. It's not, you know, in, it's not in the sun. And the interesting thing is not every drop is infected. Now in the oh, yeah. first, the first div, uh, division, everything you picked up in the, in the dark zone was infected as if it was super infected with the smallpox virus. So it had to be, it had to be cleaned. So what you had to do is you had to get it extracted by a helicopter and then you could get it after you leave the dark zone. Now, what's cool about this new version is you still have to get the stuff extracted, but the idea, the conceit is, is that you're not the only people entering. So sometimes they can drop gear that hasn't been infected and you can use that immediately, or you can get the stuff that's infected or, or whatever contaminated then you still have to go to you have to call a helicopter now this is where it gets intense because you call a helicopter and you're basically alerting to every player that not only do you have gear that might be interesting for them to take but they know where you're at and while you're there you have to fight off you know environmental bad guys you know the the gangs that are are right nearby so it's 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 interesting so Players that want to PvP can run in and grab this stuff. Grab so your you stuff, you mean? <laughs> grab your stuff. They can kill you and take your stuff because you're sitting right by where the helicopter comes in. The helicopter stays there for a minute. So not only that, they can run up and steal your stuff off the helicopter. Mm-hmm. It's really intense. You start to you start to wonder who's the good guy and who's the bad guy, who's going to turn on you. Now, what's interesting in Division I, I call it Div, in Division 2, it, they change the mechanics. You, it's not just a matter of you know what? I'm going to shoot this guy enough times until I turn rogue. You actually have to go to a computer console and say, I'm hacking into it to remove myself from the division so I can I can be rogue if I want to, which is really cool. It, it puts you into that. I can be a bad guy when I want to be as opposed to I'm always going to be a good guy as opposed to accidentally shooting a dude who ran into the, you know, ran into the street in front of you and oops, now you're a rogue. Yeah. You can't do that anymore. They changed that about which a year is, ago, <laughs> which is so, really cool. Rogue 2.0. Um, yeah. And then what else happened is uh, the, the safe zones have turrets on them. So if somebody's griefing you, you can get to a safe zone and hide behind the turrets. So they've really tweaked the, the mechanics of the PVP to be more intense, fast paced, and just so very you enjoyable. Know, it's interesting that you you mention you know they they've they've changed it so that it's more enjoyable and fast paced and so on because a lot of the um, streamers that played the Division One uh, PvP in the Dark Zone and stuff like that they actually are disappointed in how slow and methodical the game is now because they've changed the mechanics now. I understand what they're talking about. They the the game is actually slower. If you if you took take a step back and look at it, the game is actually now what it was originally uh, in the Division One um, set out uh, um, 
presented as a cover-based shooter. You can no longer run in and face tank, you know, your enemies and then still jump behind cover and pop a heel and then go back and face tank them some more. You can't do that anymore. You have to be methodical. You have to be slightly more tactical. You have to be aware of your situation. And that's what makes it more fun for me, but for, um, um, the the streamers and, and YouTubers and stuff like that, they actually are, are really hating on the game right now. <laughs> well, first and foremost, a face tank is basically you just stand there, soak the damage while you pour more damage onto the, the, the creatures you're attacking or the bad guys you're attacking. That's that's face tanking, right? Yes. The reason why Twitch gamers are having a problem with this, the streamers, because they're Twitch lowercase gamers. They want the high speed, the fast... If you look at this year's so-called superb owl, uh, it was a a defensive slog, and that's boring. So you can't really make things exciting if you can't just run in there and make yourself look awesome. But again, Mm -hmm. for us normal humans that don't have to keep hundreds of people entertained, all we have to do is entertain ourselves. And to be honest with you, well, we're also entertaining about four other people, I think, right now. So (laughs) We do. (laughs) He's talking about us. It's Sorry. the three of us Fourth and wall? my yeah. sister. Yeah. <laughs> Not even Wesley. Wesley's like, I don't know why they're making me do this crap. <laughs> so, yeah, I honestly, I, I played this with Jeff. I played this with Ted and had just the time of my life in a squad. It was the AI so much better than the Division One firefights feel actually like there's 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 a real danger. There's yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. and everything. Every it, it feels phenomenal. I love. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I love the first division. I love this. That this is a continuation of the story. I love all that stuff. I immersed myself in the game when it came out. Remember, I took a week off of work and was just like, "This is what I'm going to do." <laughs> nice. I I I love the game. So I have no problem with them slowing the game down, making it more tactical. Most of the changes that they've done, I am all for. Like I said, the Twitch people, they're they're not happy about it. And I understand. I like I I understand that. I get that per- point of view. But I also am of the mind that, you know something? It's not that game. <laughs> the game that they want and the game that is being presented to us, they're two totally different things. So that's that's how I feel about that. Like I said, love the game. Can't wait to play it. I'm glad that there's going to be an open beta at the uh, at the uh, beginning, beginning of, March. of March. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, Cannot it's wait. very exciting. Hopefully, Did we can you... get Ken in there. Now, Ken, <laughs> listening to us talk about it and knowing that it's an Ubisoft game and you're not fond of Ubisoft, what could get you to play the game? A free copy? Hint, hint. No. Uh, well, first of all, I have yet to receive my free copy of Blood and Bacon. Um, oh, that, wow. No, okay. <laughs> well, well shit, that's in the is. mail. <laughs> you know what Jack Old Burton says is Jack is in the mail. Um, no, and I've I've actually had this discussion with uh, Jeff when he's talking about it. And I'm like, I I, I played the Division One open beta because Brandon uh, got it for me. Um through however he did it i just showed up on doorstep i didn't ask any questions and i generally enjoyed it i thought it was pretty good it was you know a little bit of everything it wasn't too deep in any particular avenue but it also wasn't obtuse in any avenue it had a, had a very good feel I, I generally enjoyed it the biggest problem is it's you know i i have an arbitrary concept of a vow that will 
that says I shall never play an Ubisoft game or an EA game if I can avoid it. Really, the only reason, the only thing you can do is make it not from Ubisoft. Otherwise, I, I otherwise I would play it. Uh, that said, I am uh, about neck deep in Atlas right now, so that's also a problem is competing uh, time. So yeah, yeah, Atlas is a problem. Well, yeah, let's not get started on that. It is definitely that a is problem. A, that is a whole nother episode. I I have no idea if Atlas is a, a good game. If it's basically Ark. Yeah, it's good enough. Well, it it is basically Ark, but my review that I gave a long time ago when people were like, hey, I see you're playing Ark. Is is that a good game? My review, which was then, which is still now, is no sane person should get this game right now. <laughs> okay, good point. Now, that said, that doesn't stop lots of people from getting it. You know, there's there's issues, there's bugs, there's... It's still very actively... Oh, early, are you saying you know, development. it's still early access? I am exactly saying alpha game is alpha. Alpha game is alpha. Even though it's a continuation of, oh, another alpha game or beta or early uh, access. No, uh, Arc Arc has been officially released. It is 1.0. So it it is no longer an alpha mod released as an alpha game of an alpha game. It is now a mod that turned alpha game of a released game. So that said, I mean, there are some fantastic things about it that I don't understand why Ubisoft gets such a bad rap with you, but that is perfectly fine. Yeah, it, <laughs> I, honestly, it's just an entirely it's not arbitrary, but I don't have any like really uh, logical or rational reasons. It's just a thing that developed over time. And it's just how he's, he's got a grudge. That's all. Yeah. That's it. Well, That's you know what? I understand yeah. grudge. And especially after what they did to Assassin's Creed, man. Oh, Massive hate boner. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Nah, he keeps I, talking about I it. He's going to start knocking things off his desk. <laughs> I, I learned a long time ago that hating something is a lot of de- goddamn work, and I am too old and tired to put that much work into it. So I just ignore them. They so just don't you should try Division 2. No, then I have to like get an Ubisoft launcher and uh, an account. I probably have an account. I have to recover account, which is actually harder than getting a new account. You have um, one because you play Star Trek Bridge Simulator. Shit, you reminded me, didn't you? Is that why you ask me like once a week or once a month? Hey, you want to play Star Trek Bridge Simulator with us? <laughs> is that a new I would like game? to say I yes, it, it is. is. It I is would like to say game. yeah. I would like to say that's yes, that's exactly yeah. why I do it. But it's because Ted is so in, into it that he wants to get a full crew together so we can go explore space. He's so but excited you, about, but you've been asking me about the whole crew is like 120 people. No, 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 no. Well, for VR, <laughs> it's four people. No, it's honestly, four. honestly, Brandon, it is that and beat saber are the reason to get VR. Uh, okay. Well, there are some <laughs> good things about VR. Like you already have elite dangerous elite dangerous is breathtaking in VR, mm-hmm. but it's still elite dangerous. So you're like, Oh look, another, you know, blue dwarf out there and a bunch of other giant ass space station, which is fantastic. The first 10 hours are doing that. But for me, like after that, I'm like, okay, I'm docking again. Yay. The first pulsar is amazing. The first pulsar without VR is pretty amazing too. Well, yeah, don't fly through the, wi- the, uh, the arms of the pulsar. No, you yeah. figured that out too the hard way. You uh, can't. Yeah. Well, you can, What's wrong? can under very specific circumstances because it's supposed to give you a, a jump boost or something like that. Anyway, we've kind of gone way off topic. Well, okay. All right. What so, is today's topic, everyone? Uh, why is Ken right and we are wrong? No, wait. That, well, that's easy just line. because it, that's just how it is. Yeah. In, in all seriousness, this is a great game. I'm so excited because I have a group of people that I uh, that from all over the place that are willing to play. And I can tell you, I was running with a crew of three. 
and it felt just as good as the time when Brandon took me through the Division One survival mode, which is they basically dump you <laughs> in a blizzard and you and your buddies have to fit, find and share enough stuff so you can survive the cold and then escape within a set amount of time before you die. It is fantastic. And just the feel of it was terrific. It just... Honestly, it was I, I think they did. I think if if the full game continues and the stuff that they cut that you can kind of see if that adds more to the game and adds, you know, there, it feels like there's going to be a base building option, you know, where you where you, you re, it really matters if you grab stuff for people. It's just the crafting looks completely different, which is really cool. I'm very excited about this. This is going to be a, a, a fun game, I think, for our group. And it, and it doesn't matter. I could play you know, night and day, Brandon could play night and day. And then Ken, if you ever decided and you decided to join us, we could help you join your instance and you would be brought to a level that you wouldn't be shooting peas at people while we're shooting, you know. Okay. So they kind of do like a semi borderlands kind of. Yes. 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 And it's, it's absolutely terrific. I think they really, they're hitting all the right notes. And once it comes out, you're more than welcome to come back to this, this podcast, this episode, episode 10. and listen to either this one man they really knocked it out of the park with the release just they, fantastic or depending on how you feel you could listen to this one holy crap i i i was so wrong the, the game's the game's terrible <laughs> they so really it's your they choice. really screwed up that release the only yeah. the only problem i have with that is i'm pretty much going to play it uh till end game anyway only because or if only because of I just want to end to the story. I want to find out how the story ends um, or continues or whatever. I, I think they, they um, can't. I am. I am like the first division came out before it came out. The, the book got released. I bought the book. I read the book. I was like, holy shit. There was so much stuff in the book. There was so much stuff on the different websites. There were comics. There was all sorts of little movies. That was fantastic. They're doing. You're just almost wallowing in it. Yes. Yes. I was. I was completely immersed in the division when uh, division one came out, like the month or so before it came out, the book came out, the comics, the movies or little clips, um, which are still online. I also got to share with you that when we were playing a year afterwards, there were spreadsheets that were created to track gear and oh, yeah. places we've been. It, I created honestly, one. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it, it is a treat to play with Brandon because, uh, he's like, well, what do you need? Oh, I need this. Come on, follow me. <laughs> okay. Which, what are we doing? Which is hilarious because Brandon is always like, don't ever follow me in a game because I'll get you. Yes. Killed. Yes, I will. Because honestly, the way I play a game and the way most other people play games are completely different. Me. I'm, I'm like that dog that can't stop chasing its own tail and then sees something shiny and just goes rocketing after it. That's me. I, I'm, I am dog. that dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I never mind that you're... you and I love you. <laughs> yeah, never mind that you're kiting a uh, you know 14 million zone trail of mobs behind you. Yeah, well, nope. he's he's a lot like Han Solo running down the corridor after those stormtroopers in 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 the, the Death Star. Exactly. Mm, exactly. Yeah. That's actually ah! good. Okay. Fair ah! <laughs> <laughs> so so I might I might even uh, like the my first playthrough. I'm probably I will group with you guys, but it will not be something that I'm. I'm like, oh, I have to group with, I, I, I'm logging in. It's time to group with uh, uh, anyone. I, I'm, that's not what I'm, I'm really looking for. Even when we played during the beta. Yeah, I grouped with you guys, but most of the time, most of my time spent in beta, I was by myself. I was uh, in the sewers. Apparently, there's a rumor that there's a chainsaw-wielding baddie that will chase you. So I was looking for that guy. I spent 
um, Sunday, the last day of the beta, I spent all Sunday, my whole game time playing. I was looking for that guy in the sewers. That's all I did. <laughs> hey, and, you know, that that's a sign of a good game where you'll, <laughs> you'll spend a whole lot of time doing basically entire mundanity by like, I, I think there's a thing over there. I'm really interested in knowing what that thing is. And I'm totally content just to wander around oh, and maybe I'll stumble yeah. across it. Yeah, exactly. There were so many awesome things in the beta, like that, you know, they close sections off just just because for whatever reason. Oh, yeah. I mean, you'll be walking along and you'll hear the audio cues that there's a, a hidden collectible over there and you'll go look and it's like behind a wall and you can't get to it. And you're like, like how the, what, I got to get in there. And you would spend 45 minutes in trying an area, to find out trying <laughs> to get because you're there. like, there's got to be a way to get in there. And uh, yeah, it, this was this was terrific. The, this demo really gave us enough of a flavor for those of us who enjoy the style of game to really get into it. So. Yeah, we are not being sponsored by Ubisoft because Ken's hatred keeps them from keeps us from asking them to say, hey, uh, so no, I don't that think they is, do that, do they? Uh, they probably do. <laughs> are we you influencers? I don't think we're yeah. influencers. Yeah, Maybe makers. when we get to episode yet. 15. Yeah, yeah, 15. Yeah, that'll be yeah. good. Yeah, that'll be then we can ask. Him. So, um, OK, well, that's that's but, pretty much now that said to bring it back to do, today's topic. Um, how can how you get, get the division to, to? Well, we can buy it from any number of sources we talked about launchers in the last episode but what we any did, number of sources you mean two sources for pc but oh, that's I, right yeah. more to the point is i think <laughs> it's available for pre-order right now current yes yes it's and available by getting for pre-order. It, and by pre-ordering we were given access priority access to the closed beta um, what's really cool is that if you had been smart quote unquote <laughs> Okay. And pre-purchased it weeks ago, you would have had invites to send to friends so they could get a little taste too. You know, the old drug dealer, the first taste is for free. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, uh, Brandon was kind enough to give me an invite and I was able to get in. And shortly after that, I ended up purchasing pre-purchased as well. Yeah, it's, it's, that's what we did. We, we, uh, we pre-ordered and got into the closed beta. And then you, for the last, what, 30 minutes, you've listened to us babble on and on and on about it. Oh, hey, uh. Before we go into the the full thing here, let's talk about our our, uh, our reoccurring stuff. Uh, Brandon, you got anything you want to say? Division. Oh yeah, Zelda. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the Lunchbox News Thermos. Hi, I'm Brandon's cookie stealing daughter. I have no remorse. What's going on in the world of gaming geeks and old guys today? Activision Blizzard, after having a great year of profits, are still firing 800 employees. Other gaming companies, such as 343, are offering the former employees of Bobby Kotek possible positions. These employees may not have a job, but yes, they probably do have a phone so they can play Blizzard's newest iteration of Diablo. Apex Legends, a new battle royale game, is rapidly becoming extremely popular. Made by the company that also made the excellent Titanfall 2, Apex Legends seems to have made a strong impact in the suddenly saturated world of battle royales. A battle royale game is like the Hunger Games, but with less Katniss and more floss dancing. Fallout 76, Atlas, and other garbage fires. Fallout 76 continues its trend to the bottom with a development path that makes no sense. Atlas keeps players invested even though they hate playing the game, and Blood and Bacon somehow starts trending upwards due to inexplicable sales in the Philadelphia region. In tabletop news, a scandal is brewing with an independent developer of D&D. Known for being non-standard at best and antagonistic at worst, it appears Zack Smith is being accused of abuse to a former partner and many fans. 
As always, when a situation like this appears, the best of people come out on both sides. Mr. Smith has not in any way refuted the claims at the time of this recording. Many organizations have cut ties with Mr. Smith. Looking for a great way to get involved with modern D&D? Consider looking into Critical Role Campaign 2 on YouTube. Professional voice actors and improv geniuses are led by a masterful dungeon master through a campaign full of hilarity and good old fun. Ignore the first 20 minutes or so of the first episode until they get to roleplay. If you don't have time to watch, you can grab it in podcast flavor as well. And with sorrow, we say goodbye to the Opportunity Rover. Thank you for all the years of science. That's all that's going on this week in the Lunchbox News Thermos. Man, that's such a stupid title. Who wrote this? everyone, Ken here. Just a quick note that you can find our website at lunchcrewproductions.com. There you can find our social media, Discord, show notes, and of course subscribe to our shows. Thanks for listening and hope you enjoy. Hey, we're recording. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> so our pre-orders, what is wrong with gaming today? Our panel discusses that. On a very special Lunch Crew Gaming. Wait, we already did the intro. Um, so, all right, welcome back. We were talking about it. We know it's the topic, although we talked a lot about the Division. But the Division 2 is available for pre-order. So wh- what's up with pre-orders? Like, ex- explain it really quick to people that may not know, which might be... Well, pre-ordering a game is simply when a publisher or developer allows a game to be sold before the release date. That's the basic gist of it. You don't get the product before the release release date. You might get some in-game bonuses for, for pre-ordering, but essentially it's just buying the product before it's available. Same thing you do if you like pre-order a book or something. Same, same basic concept. But the difference is... Go ahead, Ken. Which... Are guaranteed sale. I was about to say, yeah, it's exactly like a, a book. The... The publishers love it because that gives them uh, a really a guaranteed sale. It gives them great sales numbers for predicting sales and stuff like that. And of course, they get the money early. And then, you know, if that money sits a month in the bank account earning interest, sure, 30 bucks is 30 or 60 or 150, depending on what game you're ordering. Um, individually, that's not a big deal. But if, you know, 10,000 people each fork over 60 bucks, that adds up. So the thing is the difference is between buying a book pre-order and buying a game pre-order is that publishers like to dangle if you pre-order now you'll get this little chotsky or this access to early whatever yeah all all kinds of uh non-tangible or i guess uh for people that listen to the (laughs) fallout episode uh fallout 76 episode uh some sometimes tangible but of dubious quality uh, yeah, in- incentives. So yeah, uh, well, and again, the more you pay, supposedly the more you get. Now, in say Division Two, uh, you can play the regular price, which is fifty nine bucks, to get the a AAA game, which is that's a that's a standard price, mm-hmm. and you get just access to the base game, which is fine. But you can then okay, that is standard AAA pricing. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Yes, the base game. The base game now includes the first year of DLC content included. That's so. what, what the, how, how nice okay, of them. We'll so. get to that in a second, but I just got to say, <laughs> what's the difference between that? I'm talking about the division two. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. I bought the pre-order, and I want to know what the difference is between the $60 version and the $100 version. Tell me what the $100 version is. Is it just the freaking teddy bear? Is that all that you get? For for the gold version, um, I believe you get, you know, again, you get your... your. Um, it's it's $40 more dollars. Base game. Your pre-order. Yeah, you get your base game. You get your, your pre-order incentives, you know, the beta, blah, blah, blah. You get your custom skins for weapons and outfits you get your uh one year free content everyone gets that and you get uh three days early access to all of the content for 40 extra bucks yes so instead of i believe division two releases on the 15th for everyone uh, it releases on the 12th for for gold and ultimates or whatever the fuck version whatever they pay for um, but they also get the three days. They also get the three days early access for each. Yeah. Okay. Now, see. Okay. Here's here's. But I, I'm getting burned up here, guys. I need to talk. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> the okay. Later day, the, the fact that the sixty dollar version and the gold version, which is forty dollars difference, the the fact that you get that year of DLC, that 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 all that stuff that that wasn't in there originally when I pre-ordered. The, no, it the, was. It's been in shut, there since. shut your mouth. It was not. I mean, no. Just, yeah, it has been. It's been there for because if been that was the case, since August. Oh my god. See, okay, because otherwise, otherwise, what you get with the uh with, with the otherwise gold you would have gotten the regular version instead of yeah. buying a gold version. Well, you can also you can always cancel. No, damn it, because the three days extra <laughs> is kind of nice. But here is the thing: the only difference between those three are the three electronic rewards you get, which is a teddy bear, which is a gun. And I think some cosmetic stuff, a suit, a suit, the gun is going to be useless within like two hours of playing. The teddy bear will be nifty enough now. Okay. Now I keep saying teddy bear. You got to understand cosmetics are really an important part of this game. You can exactly. Okay. So, well, they're, they're important in almost all multiplayer games because they allow you to look different from other players. Fortnite is free to play. That, that, that is how Fortnite is makes money. Like I don't understand how they make money. Otherwise it is just in. It's just in bling. It really is. And, and, and that's the thing. And, and I'm, you know, to the fact that I can get a suit and a teddy bear and the teddy bear sits on your belt and you run around with it. And it's, again, it's, it's, it's prestige type stuff. And, and yeah, it is cool. But it, I, again, I'm sitting here going, I I'm kicking myself was three days early, uh, worth it was, uh, the teddy bear worth it was the suit and gun is worth, you know what? Tell you what, on the 12th of March, come back to this. <laughs> If I'm like, yeah, if it's really, yeah, exactly. Hey, listen, listen, if you, if, if you, you can cancel your gold and get a regular, just get a regular. I, I Stop believe, kicking yourself in the ass for spending an extra 40 bucks. If it's really, well, I believe I answered this already when I said, <laughs> I want those three extra days. Okay. So maybe and the $40 was worth it. I don't know. I guarantee you in those three days, you're going to burn out. <laughs> you're like, I'm never playing this you game again. You, know <laughs> you, you have played with me. So often you absolutely understand. Uh, it's either it's either I'm going to play so much. I mean, I'm done with it. I'm si- I'm sick of this game. I'm sick of you people. I'm done with it. Or I'm going to be like, oh shoot, wait, it's oh the sixteenth. Didn't Division Two come out? <laughs> so yeah, that's 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 a very good point. Um, so that's the problem with pre-orders. Is pre-ordering at different levels absolutely worth it? 
And when you go from, you know, the base game, which gives you the same, if the same experience as you used to get when you would go to the store and pick it up or, or even, you know, digitally delivered to you and releases at a specific time. I mean, that's, that's the base, but to pay those extra dollars, is it worth it? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a little high right at the moment. I don't think I did a smart thing. I think that that really comes down into, you know, your personal value system. If if you are not eating for a week so you can get that teddy bear, then your value system's kind of screwed up, but obviously it is valuable enough to you. So, you, you okay, I got to be honest with you that uh Brandon coming up with the idea, you can cancel the pre-order and buy the cheaper one. Yeah, I certainly can, and I've already answered what that But there's also something called a sunk cost fallacy. <laughs> A laugh and joke about it, but that's a lot of gamers do that. It's, it's we talked about in the last episode voting with your wallet, and a lot of people don't feel like it's worth canceling that and, and going back. We talked about voting with our wallets, and not a lot of gamers. I mean, there are gamers who, at the drop of a hat, will say, "Oh, I am never going to buy that game again or for that company again," and they don't. They they will drop their pre order, no problem. Completely unplayable. Yes, have to put a hat on, but not uh, payday. They do, they do. actually, mm-hmm. but it's again prestige stuff, cosmetics. So yeah, I mean, uh, companies, you know, publishers make a lot of money off of the inertia of indifference. You know, ah, uh, you know, uh, it's too much trouble, and they they don't necessarily make refunds difficult, but it is a couple extra clicks. And you know what? I've already paid the money. That's that sunk cost fallacy I was talking about. So yeah, okay. Thank God I didn't spend 150 bucks on the next tier. I think it's 150 bucks. Is that correct, Brandon? I don't know. I got the version that I picked, and that was it. Okay. The fact that you didn't label what level it is, I'm thinking you're getting stuff in the mail, right? I don't know. I got the one that I picked, and that was it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel much better now about spending how much I did. Well, you also have to remember that <laughs> okay. the book that comes out on the 15th, I also have that on pre-order. The comics, um, they're coming to. Um, I'm, I'm not getting a vinyl statue or anything like that. It's it's um, not vinyl. It's actually made out of hemp. <laughs> oh, whatever it's made out of. I'm I, not getting I'm, a statue. I'm making fun of the Fallout 76, this high-quality bag made out of recycled plastic and hate. <laughs> So I'm not going to bag or anything like that. Um, I'm sorry, uh, a statue. Um, are, are you getting a teddy bear? I am getting early access to the game. You're getting a teddy bear. Okay. You know what? I am perfectly fine with how things have gone. No, but seriously, this but, is... this is. But the difference between me and you is I went in knowing that that's what I was getting. And, you know, even with the... I think it's called the, the, the season pass or whatever... It doesn't doesn't really do anything for the division two uh, yet because they haven't released what uh, is involved in a season pass. So okay, that's a good point. Historically, and this is what they are uh, standard operating procedure in the industry is, at, and in other Ubisoft games, has been at least two DLCs that go along with the uh, the year the uh, season pass. And a season pass is basically you pay one lump sum to get access to DLCs. Usually you get 20% off total or more of what the, the single price for the DLC packages. Are. Yeah. Downloadable and, and to uh, catch up on some things really quick. I don't think we ever really explained what DLC is to someone who may not know. It's a down downloadable content. 
Uh, back in the day, we would just call them content patches or patches. Um, but now it's been marketized and more often than not, uh, DLC means I am paying additional money in some form or capacity for it. Or, or sometimes it's just cosmetics or yeah, sometimes additional story elements. Sometimes it's almost additional story elements that are natural conclusions of the game. Um, but a lot more and more people are using the term DLC for any kind of content update because it, it sounds, it's what people are used to hearing now. So we, we did talk about DLC when we talked about uh, SimCity. Uh, there was a time when game companies, Ubisoft was notorious for this, would release a game and it would be 75% of the game. And the DLC would be the rest of the game. Used to be you would pay your money and you would get a complete game from start to finish, nothing missing. Anything that was added with DLC was yes. added as extra. But Ubisoft for a while, there was like, yeah, we got a complete game. What can we cut and sell the people later? And they would still charge the full AAA price, which was, you know, 50 to 60 bucks. And then they would say, here's another $30, 15, 20, 30, whatever, uh, for you to get the rest of the story. And yeah, or, or what I think they were probably doing is that allowed them to cut sections of the game to concentrate on the, ba- you know, the sections that are not being cut. And then that gives them additional development time to finish the content, basically, because, you know, uh, deadlines and, and stuff like that. That's actually a big thing is if you you push the deadline of a release of a game, especially if it's like a big holiday weekend or something like that, that can cost the company huge amounts of money. There's pressures from that going on and stuff, too, I think. We're, we're talking about um, we're talking about this from the digital side. Uh, and we did touch a little bit on on getting physical goodies for the orders. Um, and in fact, I believe uh, the, yep. yes. the tier that Brandon got, uh, they actually send a finger bone from Tom Clancy himself uh, in a little reliquary. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. it's it's an old 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 way of doing business uh i believe uh, a gentleman named chaucer talked about it uh, many many years ago oh this isn't middle-aged gamers it's middle ages gamers got it uh everything's gonna be in old english terrific oh my god that is so awesome i know what we're doing on our uh april 1st episode all right ye old english so going to a physical medium um, such as like a place like GameStop, uh, they do push pre-orders because that is a great way of of showing people are interested. It's a great way of actually having income without even giving a person anything. You've got $5 in hand for a pre-order or I have pre-ordered games at GameStop and never picked them up. Really? <laughs> so they got, they've got in effect, $10 for me for free for, for whatever reason. I have to admit that. Anyway, so, but, also, they also have the pre-order bonuses, like, uh, say, for PlayStation games, uh, um, Red, Dead Re- uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, which is a game that is a work of art, absolutely phenomenal. And I do believe anyone who enjoys video games as stories should play that in The Last of Us and Horizon Zero Dawn. Those are my three PS4 games for everyone to try. Um, if you bought pre-order, you got a beautiful, and I mean, it really is nice, metal case to put the game in. It's it's not all digital. You actually uh, have to like do a disc absolutely. or something like this. So what is this like the Middle Ages? Well, I mean, even if you have a disc, don't you have to like go and get a bunch of patches and stuff anyway? No, honestly, I didn't have to get a huge patch or anything like that. It was pretty much feature complete. Well, it's Rockstar. Rockstar is a pretty impressive 
developer. Yeah. It came on two, two DVDs, uh, an install and a play, uh, just like throwback to the old days. Um, except it wasn't 900 floppy disks. Yeah, it was, it was, it's really nice. And, and there were other things I got oh, a bunch of maps and everything with Red Dead Redemption and I got all sorts of, and then Ubisoft is really good with the physical stuff that they give when you do it. And it wasn't, it wasn't, I didn't spend 90 bucks. I spent the 60 bucks for the the thing and I got the pre-order with all that extra things. Oh, and a, a couple in-game uh, things went with it, like a free horse and, and an outfit. So yeah, you know, at times pre-order may, may be worth it, but I don't know if it's actually healthy for gamers themselves. What do you guys think? I think there's a stigma for people who actually do pre-order. They're like, oh, well, why did you pre-order? You, that, that, that gives the company money without letting them, or without um, them showing you an actual finished product. And it, it lessens the pressure on the, the developer to actually deliver a finished product. Yeah, so... I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily true. I mean, that's an established thing now, right? You have Kickstarter, we have Indiegogo, we have pre-orders for games. Um, anyone who's like bought a car that had to order it is is really not that much different, right? In in my opinion, no, there's no difference. Yeah, there's still there's still a legal contract to deliver. Um, I have actually been part of Kickstarters where they're like, we can't fulfill this. Here's your money back. So ah, wait a second. Kickstarter. That is a great, great point. Kickstarter is effectively the same thing. You are pre-ordering a product and in a Kickstarter, yes. you have less of a chance of getting what you've ordered you're, than you would. Yeah, you're through, pre, you are uh, spending money on a promise. Let me ask this question, guys. How much have you spent on a pre-order? Was your was your top dollar figure? The 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 most I've spent for a pre-order video game would probably be, I don't know, probably about 120 bucks. The 1500 he Oh, okay, I was gonna say, uh, yeah, no, pretty much the same thing. Division two is the most I've paid into a pre-order. Um, Division two is not the game that I'm referencing, by the way. Okay, I, I spent more on Fallout, really? or not Fallout, Far Cry Five than I did wow. for any. For, yeah. Wow! And, do you and regret I, it? What really? Yes, okay. I do. <laughs> it's it's a, what's funny is it's a great game. I love the game. I just hate the game at the same time. I, it's it's it pains me to boot it up <laughs> the gameplay is so much fun the environment so much fun the way they did the main story not so much fun no i get i've I've actually not finished the game that's how bad i feel about that game um i'm at the end <laughs> i have nothing else to do but I, I i won't bring myself to finish it i'm hoping at some point they do something to make the game infinitely better and far cry what is it yes. new dawn is coming out in a couple of weeks um yeah the continuation of the story of the first game yeah yeah not not i don't even give a shit <laughs> okay i gotta be honest with you so far i have not regretted um any of the pre-orders i've done except the two that i did not pick up and i couldn't even tell you what the games are actually I think one was an Assassin's Creed game, which is Ubisoft. Uh, one of the earlier ones. I, I got Assassin's Creed 3, which was, you know, got to play as a young American Indian. Yeah. And it was it was awful. And then um, it was a Pocahontas. Well, yeah, he was an I, American I Indian. often get the Highlander franchise and Pocahontas confused. I don't yeah, know no, why. No, it, it, was, it, was, it was a great mechanics, horrible game. How's that? And, uh, and then, of course, 
the best one in the series uh, up until Origins was uh, uh, Black Flag because yeah, fair enough. she fair shanties, enough. sea shanties. Yeah, you get to be a pirate. It was a lot of fun. Anyway, um, yeah, no, Division Division Two is the most I've I've paid for a pre order. Um, though I got to be honest with you, I did buy three copies of Fallout seventy six because I had three gamers in the house. And well, yeah, I'm not. So I'm not talking about that buying multiple copies. Cause I, that's different. I was just, you know, curious on how much I, the top dollar you ever spent on like a Kickstarter or a pre-order type game. It's it's really interesting because you know we've talked about what is fun for me, and it's it's very rare for me to be excited about a video game. Uh, I mean, which is bizarre to to. To, to hear, I guess, because here we are talking about video games, but there aren't many games that I'm like, I, I, I got to play that. I got I, I to gotta have it. It's got to be in my inventory. And uh, uh, but, you know, Fallout, I'm still not to the point where I need to be like, hey, Brandon, pass over the burn, the burn cream because I had fun with 76 and I might still have more fun with it. Who knows? Um, but Bethesda will never get another pre-order sent from me. Bethesda be, being the publisher okay. of uh, Fallout. I don't know if they announced Fallout Five, I'd be like, "Oh God damn it! Oh God damn it! Oh, just give me some more of that fire, real quick." Because <laughs> if if they said Fallout Five is going to be in a brand spanking new engine, you know what? Okay, okay, I might get it. No, I'm pretty sure. But if it's in the same engine with the same stupid things that Bethesda does, I'm going to be like, "This is the same warmed over crap that you've been feeding us since four three morrowind since morrowind yeah i'd, I'd say three <laughs> <laughs> yeah fallout wise so, three i mean i am so excited okay so here here's here's the thing there's that game outer worlds that has been buzzing around our heads made by the company that was originally fallout yep. and they went and said you know what we can do it better i don't i don't know if um <laughs> uh yeah jeremy linked the uh the outer worlds uh they released a gameplay trailer recently with being middle of uh, February. And I, I watched it. I'm like, all right, it's, well, it's like absolutely fallout meets borderlands. And that really wasn't overly enticing to me. So I can understand why I can understand. You're not, you're not interested. It might not be your kind of game, but those early snippets and stuff like that. I don't, I don't really pay too close attention to them, but also I, I wasn't, I wasn't looking for a pre-order specifically for it the outer world. Now I'm looking for more information about it before I make my informed decision on whether or not I want to pre-order. Yeah, that's, that's true. I will, it did not turn me off and I understand it's early content, so I will keep an eye on it. But at this point I can't get excited about what they've released. I'm so. excited. Yeah, no, I'm excited about it. Okay. I, one of the things <laughs> I want to make sure our, our, our listeners are aware of, and, and again, Maybe everyone is, but it takes four to six years for a game to go from idea to gold. And gold is when they're ready to be mass produced and sent out or the master code is put on the server for everyone to download. For us to be saying, eh, it's really kind of early, you know, the game's still probably about a year to maybe two years out from actually being in our hot little hands ready to play. A lot can change between. Now, I think they said it should be in like August, okay. September. Okay, so six months from now. It's come out. <laughs> that, and, and even in six months, a lot can change. Destiny it changed its whole uh, storyline and everything for its detriment. Destiny it has did. a storyline? It does. It did. Well, it doesn't matter. They, at 
<laughs> yeah, basically. Here, let's. I'll hold your ear while you you get pulled through the. It's the most on rails, off rails game I've ever seen. But the the thing is, is that a lot can happen between now and the time it goes gold. Now, here's the here's the other side of that. If they said, by the way, Far Cry Six. I'm just using that as an example. If they said Far Cry Six is coming out in, you know. April 2020, do you want to pre-order it today? I'd be like, hmm, you know what? That might not be a bad <laughs> idea. <laughs> because it's an established, it's a no, no, no. It, because it's an established franchise, one that I generally enjoy, I'm probably more inclined to pre-order something like that versus a game that it's not necessarily by an indie studio by any means, but it's like a studio that I'm not as familiar with, product that I'm not as familiar with in a genre that I'm not as familiar with that I don't see something like that. It's like, hmm, you know what? I'm probably going to close my wallet until I get more information. So that's a great segue into this next bit. Games that get pre-ordered a lot, say we'll go to consoles and stuff like that. Games that get pre-ordered a lot are the Maddens, the football games, the FIFAs, the soccer games, and the Call of Duties, the first-person shooters. The almost incremental by design games. Yes. Now, interestingly enough, those three styles of games are all published by one publisher that's right ea is has for many years been known as slightly scummy in how they do their uh, and by slightly i mean a lot and scummy i mean, I mean terrible business practices many, and many 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 they i still love battlefield 5 but oh, 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 oh don't don't that, that i'm not saying development i know i know i know i'm just saying some current news some current news real quick some current news they've just recently announced that they're not quite sure whether or not they're going to release server code to the public so public so people's yeah they just they just oh, announced that interesting and it was a huge thing well that's that's actually uh that's more than what they did for no battlefield one had private servers battlefield four had private servers <laughs> oh did it okay the the uh what he's talking about is that uh the the company that released the game is saying i don't think we're going to allow people to have their own private servers which some people like doing that because they can run private content or control the people they play with or always make certain their spots for their friends to be on when they're playing so right it, yeah, or, or they just want to promote their own branding and stuff like that. You know, a, a controlled environment. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, we we did that as a as a clan group. We that's how I remember Jeremy was talking about how he joined us was on Kill Your Coworker, and uh, so the idea that they're like, yeah, no, we're not going to give it to you, is kind of a slap in the face. But standard practice for EA. Yeah, I I was amazed to hear just now that they actually allowed private servers for four and one. Oh, they did. You can still four and one are still super popular Which, right now. Hell battlefield three is still super popular right now. Okay. Because I remember when they released uh, Bad Company 2, which a lot of us all played, one of their big things was we won't re release server code for people to run their own servers because, quote unquote, no private servers can cope with the amount of CPU, you know, that's, well, now I'm paraphrasing. But, and well, Bad Company yeah. 2 was the first that. one with the Frostbite <laughs> engine that allowed for a destructible environment. At the time, that kind of made sense. Exactly. Kind of, sort of, no. <laughs> well, so it, it, it 
Yeah. So here's the problem, right? You're going to get a lot of people that are trying and skimp. So they're going to try. I want to have a 50 person server and I'm running on a 486 in the corner and everything's fine. I don't know what your problem is. And it falls down and it gives everyone a really negative game experience and everyone negatively reviews the game because of that. Or you have people like uh, my day job is I work at an internet service provider. I have access and to a server that I have uh, that I host there um, that I can you know run some sandbox stuff in. I I don't run game servers there, but I could have some serious hardware behind that if I really needed to because I know what it takes. I wouldn't you know try and really lowball it and and i'm worried about what the the end user experiences so as a publisher you have to worry about those two things and for the most part you're going to have you know people running it on their desktop on their you know dsl or, or cable line and and yeah, all their correct. friends are going to try and join I, and they're going to wonder why it's you know running like crap yeah so i i can understand it from that perspective but at the same time i'm very much kind of like free choice so yeah it's the, pretty shitty. The, uh, it's pretty well, shitty. Though. You know, there's another solution to that. You basically state, okay, you want to run a private server, but you have to go through our. That's what. That's yeah. what they did with Battlefield One. <laughs> they said you can get one, but it's through us. It's only through yeah, us. You have to vet it's it. no longer a you go to uh, what is a game servers and and rent a server. You buy it through EA. Now that was then. That was for Battlefield 4 and 1. Now it's, no, you were just not, we're not going to do it because fuck you. <laughs> but anyway, that, that we're, we're, we're way on, off point. We're way off point. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, not really because you've made a great point about how EA is slightly scummy. <laughs> well, that's more than slightly. Well, and, and, and to just wrap up a thought I had really quick was most people, most public players, pubs, don't play on non-official servers anyway. Will it really negatively impact their overall perception of the game? I, I don't know. I'm going to say that EA has probably a ton of actuary tables about gamer activity and gamer thoughts and everything they do. Oh, it, they better because if they don't, they're idiots. And I they're, they may be evil, but I don't think they're idiots. So, yeah. So they're, they're obviously sitting there going, we have enough data to say, yeah, we're we're evil and we're justified in our evilness. But uh, so, yeah, where we were going with that in the beginning was talking about uh, the 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 iteration game where, OK, well, it's 2018. Well, 2019 starting up. I want to make sure I have the 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 latest roster for my sports ball team uh, or I want to make sure I have, you know, the next iteration of zombies and uh, uh, or the battle royale or whatever. Uh, the Call of Duty is going to call up, come up with next, you know. So yeah, they're going to pre-order and pre-order and pre-order, and and there's a built-in fan base for that. And uh, you know, for a while there, developers were thinking the EA Madden effect was what they needed to do. Ubisoft was really bad at it with Assassin's Creed. They flooded the market with lousy Assassin's Creed games. Um, uh, I can't think of any other developer off the top of my head that did similar. Well. Well, uh, what's his name? The Call of Duties aren't aren't they so aren't? EA. So uh, whoever that's Activision, Activision Blizzard, that's Activision. Yeah, yeah, it's Ac Activision. Yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of uh, Activision Blizzard, is currently cutting uh, ten percent of their workforce today. Just started or eight percent of its staff, which is eight hundred people. And what's interesting on an earnings call, the Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick, 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 he's a dick. Anyway, he 
he said that the company once again achieved record results in 2018, but they're still firing people left and right because screw you. I need my $80 million. I, I haven't gone through that. That's, that's, that's a dick move. Fuck that guy. Yeah. They're, they are made on the back yeah, of their employees. So yeah, no, that's so, okay. We have walked pretty far afield here. Um, we, we do have a little bit of bitterness towards the big publishers. We do have our feelings in regards to companies that, that state one thing, pre-order, push for pre-orders. But at the end of the day, guys, I really don't think pre-orders are terrible unless so, okay, here's, here's the end of the, the whole thing is that, you know, short of trying to teach a, a, a company a lesson, pre-orders really do nothing but give you what you're looking for, especially if you pay attention to what you're looking for and buy at or pre-order at the level that you truly want. Uh, yeah. If you, if you take all the information in and make an informed choice, then a pre-order is not a bad thing. If, if you make an informed decision and no, one of the, like Reddit is huge for, or Reddit, excuse me, Reddit gaming is huge for this. Don't pre-order, don't pre-order, pre-orders are bad, blah, blah, blah. And pretty well, yeah, no, not everybody pre-orders, but if you say in a comment, well, I pre-ordered the silver edition of such and such, what am I getting or whatever? They'll say, well, why the hell did you pre-order? And they'll downvote you to oblivion. So as um, salty as we are, they are but, far more salty. <laughs> no, no, no. They, they, oh, yeah, they're incredibly salty. I, I generally stay out of that particular edit because it's, it's just fucking stupid. Um, but I feel... And I've explained this on Reddit multiple times and to other people multiple times that have told me to my face, hey, don't pre-order. Pre-ordering is evil. That, you know what? There's one thing that you're not understanding. It's my money. <laughs> I will do with my money whatever the hell that I want. That is true. If I want to sit here and burn my money, I can do that. Instead. Well, I, I think that's actually illegal. You're, you're not legally able to burn your own money well if i wanted to smoke my money which i've done um no comment um then i can do that if any if i want to do anything i want to do i basically whatever i want to do with my money it's my money i don't give a shit um you can't tell me what to do with my money and uh so uh, to go into that a lot of times as an incentive you get a discount for your pre-orders so in theory if you're if you know you're going to get the game anyway and you as a consumer are making an informed choice assuming you're making an informed choice and you're not just like, Hey, whatever it's they, they, they added a plus one to it and I'm just going to order it anyway. But you know what? If you're the kind of person that does that, you probably enjoy it enough. Anyway, exactly. that it's, it's your money. You do what you want with it. Um, <laughs> go, go for it. I may personally, I may personally disagree with your choices <laughs> in life, but you know what? I disagree with my own choices in life too. So what's the harm? I, I would never buy say a Ferrari, not, even if I could afford it, I would never buy one. That's me. That's my personal opinion. I'm not going to stop a Ferrari buyer from saying, "Hey, you know right. something? I should buy this fucking Ferrari." I'm not going to start. I'm not going to stop them. I'm not going to judge them either. It's the same thing with pre-ordering. Right? Hey, if I feel like the, fucking pre-ordering, I'm going to do that. The only thing I think we as consumers have yep. in our wheelhouse is the ability to not buy something, and. The problem with that is is it it's, goes hand in hand with make sure you are educated in what you're going to do and when you when you spend your money. So okay, yeah, I don't know why everyone thinks we all have to buy the same thing or all have to like the same thing, but I don't enjoy the Madden effect. I don't enjoy uh, the yearly iterations of games. I don't enjoy the fact that a game that in a series in a world that I enjoy, such as like say Fallout games, 
are actually poorly handled so that while I do have fun in the world, I think this could be better. I don't enjoy that. So uh, yeah. All right. I'm going to say to someone, Hey man, I didn't think that was very good. You might consider not pre-ordering to let them know, but I'm not going to be like, you suck because you pre-ordered because I know that I pre-order myself. Well, so here's a question by not pre-ordering a game. And in theory, by not getting a discount, if you get a discount by pre-ordering, but you eventually order the game anyway, it, are you really impacted the company in any way, shape or form? Well, that's a great question. It depends on when you get it, because nine times out of 10, six to eight months down the road, the game is already on sale somewhere. You could get it at Green Man Game. You can get it at Good Old Games. You can get it whatever. It depends on if it's on that that market. Well, OK, yeah, that's true. That's we can have a whole nother show and we probably should on like game pricings and stuff like that. But it does kind of dovetail into this. But yeah, uh, a lot of people don't wait for games. You know, it's really hard, especially if it's a multiplayer game or it's a game like all your peers are playing. Uh, it's really, really, really hard, even for me, being the curmudgeon I am, to say, I, it's really it's really great that you people are having fun with that game. I'm going to not, I'm going to wait for the, you know, the, you know, the Steam Winter are... Holiday sale or whatever and get it at 50% yeah. off. Uh, because I'm not going to be able to play with my friends anymore. And if it's a single player game, that's way easier. If it's a multiplayer game, it almost never fly. Yeah, especially with some of the the the, the friends that we have. Uh, if you refer back to the gaming ADHD um, episode, yeah, it, it's very difficult because our guys, the people we truly yes. enjoy playing with, guys and gals, the, that we truly enjoy playing with, they they blow through games so quickly, and they get as excited as we do about games, and we'll jump into something as soon as possible. And it's hard to keep up with that. It's it's hard to yeah. It's it's right. And and we do go back and revisit games, but a lot of times it's revisiting games on a schedule. Uh, for example, a perfect example is um, Magicka Two went on sale. I don't know if you don't know what Magicka Two is. It's kind of like a weird first person RTSE. Not sorry for pers- uh, top de- top down magic like magic like I'm a wizard themed like uh, kind of RTSE game CRPG uh, put out or- by. Put out by Paradox. Um, similar, actually. That's what I meant to say, action RPG. Yeah, well. uh, yeah, maybe more action RPG-ish. So, so anyway, Magicka, the first one, has been out probably almost a decade now. It's been out a long time. And I was really interested in Magicka a long time ago, but I never really... I'm not the kind of person who will try and be a tastemaker in our circle of friends. I'm like, hey, I'm playing this game. You all should play it too. Or if I do, it usually doesn't... It falls flat because I don't present things well that way. Um so it's kind of amusing to me looking back at it. I'm not blaming anyone for this. If these people are listening, uh, it's totally cool. So I'm not angry, angry about it. Like so that. Um, Magicka 2, which is probably, ma- yeah, Magicka 2, which has been out a while, uh, went on sale. So a bunch of people picked it up. So now they're all playing it. And of course, being a four, four person game, I'm like, I, I really wish I could have played it a long time ago. But that moment's passed. I'm playing something else. So we're all out of sync on that kind of stuff. And no, the easiest way to deal with that is to not have a schedule. I don't have one. Turn off my computer? Well, no, no. Play what you want. That's, that's my- Well, and that's true. And that's usually what ends up happening. Uh, I, I'm sure you've seen my Steam library. And a lot of time I'm playing things that are, people are like, why are you playing that game? That's just what I'm enjoying right now. And that's fine. Um, and it, yeah, so that, it pans out in the long run. The easiest way would be turn off the computer and go outside. But bring your uh, bring your iPod one so you can listen to this podcast. 
I just I just spent the last 72 hours shoveling snow. I don't want to be outside anymore. Well, I don't have that problem here. Yeah. We have the we have an opposite problem in the summer where we don't want to be outside for different reasons because it's like, you know, 95 outside. You guys also have palmetto bugs. And on that note. All right. <laughs> let's, let's head into intermission two, and I will hold myself in the corner crying thinking of palmetto bugs. Welcome back. Uh, all right, so let's sum up. Uh, pre-orders, are they good or bad? Pre-orders are what you make them. Yeah, they're, they're go go into them informed and uh, otherwise do whatever the hell you want. So uh, listeners, I just want to let you know that's life advice from three old guys. Uh, life is like a pre-order. It's what you make of them. Be informed and move on. Okay, so now we're going to go into the lightning round, which is... Uh, going to be so topical it's actually going to be uh quiz questions about the atari 2600 um oh yeah now i i do see in the notes section on the script here that uh apparently my sister was able to beat et well that was one of the one of our uh few listener comments that we received on that episode where we talked about uh bad games i think was that uh your sister and this isn't we love all our listeners not just your sister um (laughs) But she didn't have any problems. She didn't didn't remember having any problems or no, any notable issues with ET. So, <laughs> well, that's that's funny because I was part of a conversation between both of my sisters, and they talked about how if you read the manual, it explains exactly what you have to do to win the game. Whoa! 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 whoa. <laughs> the game expects me to read. Please. <laughs> okay, you know how I end up reading manuals? They're usually on like more complex city simulator games, like A Train. Back when that came out, do you remember like the that. massive book that came with SimCity? <laughs> the I massive, did. The massive, huge. It was like a city oh. planner's guide. Yeah, that, <laughs> was, that was that was. Well, they also cut. They had the at least on the Commodore, they had the codes for the copyright on oh, it yeah. too. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, a lot of that was, uh, so the way I end up reading them is I'll play the game. I'll sit down, I'll, I'll play the game. I'll try and figure stuff out. And then effectively, not always, cause I'm kind of weird about reading on the toilet, but I'll basically take the manual and read it on the toilet and go, Oh, I didn't know I could do that. Which, That's how I read manuals. Now, you know, and you're hopefully not on the toilet right now. Now, you know that if you wanted to win the ET Atari game, you need to bring that manual with you and read it. Yes. So. Congratulations to my sisters on that one. I do also remember winning it, but I didn't read the manual. I think I watched them do it. Cheater. All right. Yeah. So, all right, guys, you ready for the quiz? I've got 10 questions and we're going to take it together because I don't have the answers. So oh, number good. one. Wait a minute. Which, you don't have the answers. How, how I mean, are we going to? I mean, I do. I'm going to fill it out as we do it. This uh, this quiz is from funtrivia.com, uh, Atari 2600 games. Which game requires you to catch bombs dropped by a mad bomber before they hit the ground and explode? Space Invaders, Pitfall, Asteroids, or Kaboom? Kaboom. Kaboom. That's great. Because I played all those other games, but not Kaboom. Not Kaboom. (laughs) So that's the only one that must be. Uh, I think actually we had that. Anyway, number two. Which Atari 2600 game do you have to shoot space creatures before they reach the ground and succeed at their invasion of Earth? Asteroids? Midnight Magic? Laser Blast or Space Invaders? Space, Space invaders. invaders. That's what I'm guessing. Number three. Which of the following games matches this description? You are in control of a spaceship and must defend your ship by shooting at meteors that are flying all around you. 
Gravitar, Asteroids, Spider Fighter, or Centipede? Asteroids. Asteroids. Uh, I have a quick question. Are all these, uh, do all these quiz questions actually have the same answer set and it's just one of like four answers um no no there there are different there are different ones okay i mean we're all, i know we're only like three questions into it so i don't yeah. know centipede ahead. hasn't involved i mean yeah anyway mushrooms number four which of the following atari 2600 games fits this description you navigate around four ladder connected platforms while gathering random items and avoiding wandering enemies once you collect 10 items a key appears at the top allowing for advancement to the next level pitfall venture frogger fast eddie uh venture i'm gonna guess fast eddie i don't don't know okay i'm going with venture but keep in mind number four fast eddie five which of the following atari 2600 games is said to be adult themed and was only sold to people that were 21 years of age or older Custer's Revenge. Sorry, sorry. There was actually more than one, so go ahead. Casino, Bachelor Party, Slot Machine, or Haunted House? Oh, really? Okay. Slot Machine. Uh, yeah, I'd probably go with the... Uh, go with Slot yeah. Machine, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll go with that. What Atari 2600 game fits this description? The object is to avoid bad guys while collecting phone parts hidden in pits. Pitfall. Venture. <laughs> E.T. the extraterrestrial haunted house. E.T. Oh, Are you sure it's not Pitfall? Hidden in pits? I mean, that's a that's a big. Uh, one Pitfall did not have telephones. It didn't. Oh, no, I played no. the wrong game. Which is why, which is why the Pitfall guy was lost, is because he didn't have a cell phone. <laughs> Thirty years ago. Yes. Seven. Which of the following Atari Twenty Six? Yada yada yada. The screen is arranged with an oddly shaped knight in each corner protected by a layered brick wall and a shield that moves around the perimeter. A fireball moves around the screen. Knocking was that ch- supposed to be a fireball? I never knew that was supposed to be a fireball. Knocking chunks out of the walls. Players can either catch or deflect the fireball with their moving shields. Caught fireballs can be redirected and hurled with great force. I played this game well past high school. So like way into the mid 90s, we would do post high school things late at night on weekend and play this game. It was wonderful. What game? Warlords. That's I'm not even going to give you the four. Warlords is on the list. Eight. Which Atari blah, blah, blah. You are in charge of shooting down incoming missiles before they destroy the city below. Asteroids. Missile Command. Defender. Or Solar Storm. Defender. Missile Command. I go with Missile Command. All right. Number nine. In Defender, you had a little spaceship and you had little turds that were supposed to be people, I think. That's right. Defender was the, uh, the white ship. That yeah, you're, you're really, really small. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. You're right. Which of the blah, blah, blah. Your little frog must cross a busy street filled with all Frogger. sorts of speeding cars and trucks. He must then navigate a river full of log snakes, alligators, attractive lady frogs, and juicy flies. So pro tip Freeway, to whomever may be writing these quizzes. Frogger. Uh, Maybe you should not say frog if frog is part of the answer. You should say like amphibian or something like that. Uh, yeah, frogger. As I think, Fro- you know, is, yeah. I'm a minute, minute late saying frogger nope, compared to everyone else. Yeah, it's, yep. it's frogger. All right. This rare Atari 2600 cartridge was made by the Coca-Cola Corporation. It is basically a clone of the classic game Space Invaders, except instead of the usual invaders, it has the word Pepsi going across the screen, followed by one invader. Also, you cannot really die in this game. Getting hit is just a minor inconvenience because it wastes time. The game lasts three minutes no matter what you do. The object is to clear as many levels as you can in a three-minute time period. It was called 
Pepsi Invaders, Video Life, Music Machine, or Air Raid? Air Raid was a real game, and that is not what that game was. I don't, I've never heard of this. I've okay. never heard of it either. I'm thinking it's yeah. obviously the Pepsi Invader or Pepsi, yeah. whatever the fuck it's called. Well, I don't, I don't think they, I don't think if Coca-Cola made it, they would use Pepsi in the name of the product, the, 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 the thing. So it would be, what are the other options? The, the two in the middle? Uh, uh, the, it, I, I already hit the, go ahead. Button. Okay. That's fine. Go ahead. Yeah. So, um, okay. Well, here, here's the interesting thing. The first one, which was, which game requires you to drop bombs? We were correct. Kaboom was created by the company Activision in 1981. Right. It's considered before, to be one before of- Before Activision was evil. Yep, before it was considered to be one of Activision's signature games and sticks to the basic principle of keeping of being simple, addictive, and fun. Uh, now, which one do you have to space shoot space creatures before they reach the ground? Uh, space Invaders is what we said. Space Invaders is indeed the answer. It was created by Atari in 78. There are 112 game variations. Those include moving shields, zigzagging bombs, invisible invaders, and several two-player simultaneous options. Yeah, it's, it's almost like we played these games when they came out. Enable the secret double shot mode by holding down the reset button when you turn the game on. Oh, I did not know that. Uh, number three, which is the game? You are in control of a spaceship and must shoot by shooting asteroids that are, oh, I'm sorry, meteors that are all around you. The answer is asteroids, which is what we said. Uh, asteroids was created by the Atari company in 81. There are 66 game variations, uh, blah, blah, blah. So here is where you can navigate around four ladder connected platforms. Remember this one? Yep. And both Brandon and I said venture and uh, Ken, you said uh, the other one. Fast Eddie. Fast Guess Eddie. what the correct answer is. Fast Eddie. Fast Eddie. It's uh, isn't in the show notes something that uh, why is Ken always right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I don't right. know. Wait till we get to question I was number five. Totally Fast just Eddie. guessing. So yeah. Fast Eddie was created in 1982 by the 20th Century Fox video game company. If huh, you're up okay. for a challenge, Fast Eddie is your game. Tip, you're always safe on the ladder. So you can so, use the okay. quick escape. So, so here's a question. So that um, there's a mo- uh, uh, CGI movie uh, based on uh, classic video games, and I cannot remember the name of the actual movie. Um, uh, do you Wreck think that Ralph? was more based on yeah, Wreck It Ralph? Do you think that was more based on Fast Eddie? Maybe. Um, no, because it was kind of like a. Well, I guess it was a. I mean, it was a cross between like revenge and donkey kong and yeah yeah yeah. so i mean it basically was you repaired the stuff that he uh destroyed so right okay so now uh which game was adult themed uh we said slot machine but the answer is bachelor party this so-called adult game is only good for a few laughs if you didn't know any better you could probably pass it off as another breakout clone it was created by a company named mystique uh it was a company that specialized in making guessing it was a tie-in for the movie yeah, I'm wondering. Probably, yeah, um, uh, but a but a breakout game that's adult. Okay, we'll go they, with it. Yeah, yeah whatever. Uh, <laughs> they we specialized in making adult themed games in the early '80s. But the funny thing is, if you consider this amusing, they were only able to put out three games due to the crash of 1983. Because they were specialized in making three games. The object is to avoid bad guys while collecting phone parts. We said ET, and yes, yeah, it's um, almost like we played the game when it came out. Atari created the game in 82, and it's thought to be the cause of the great video game crash of 1983. And Atari did bury, we talked about this, did bury 5 million unsold copies of E.T. in the New Mexico. And it was more than just E.T. It was a bunch of stuff, but primarily so, E.T. this is the one that you talked about how you played in high school uh, mm-hmm. up until probably last year. This screen is arranged in an oddly shaped night each corner. The answer <laughs> is indeed Warlords, and it was created. And, Go ahead. I, I was about to say, uh, in the state I reside, I believe they kick you out of high school mandatorily by the time you're age 21 so 
it wasn't last year. Maybe, maybe, maybe 1919. Uh, this game was created by Atari in 81. Warlords can be played with one, two, three, or four players using the paddles. So, yes, the, uh, it, that was one of the big games for the paddles at the time. And it was, man, it was such a great game to play when you were intoxicated or something like that. It was, I don't know, it was it was simple. It was brain dead. It, uh, it lended itself to smack talk in person. So it was great. Very cool. Uh, you are in charge of shooting down incoming missiles. We said Missile Command, and that's true. It was created by Atari in 81. Uh, Missile Command for the 2600 is a respectable scaled down version of the arcade game, but a few basic elements are compromised to see, squeeze it onto the system. There's only one missile base instead of three. A more serious constraint is how you can only shoot three of your own missiles at a time. When you attempt to shoot a fourth missile, the game will make an annoying squeak sound. Okay. If I remember correctly, the game made nothing but annoying squeak sounds. <laughs> Number well, nine. No, there, there was an explosion sound. You know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that exactly what it sounded like, too. <laughs> uh, number nine is uh, your little Frogger must cross a busy street Frogger with all sorts of Frogger speeding cars and Frogger trucks. He must then Frogger <laughs> navigate a river full of Frogger logs, snakes, Frogger loggers, alligators, attractive Frogger lady logger. Froggers, and juicy Frogger lies, flies. Uh, the answer is Frogger. It was created by the Parker Brothers Company. And this version of Frogger has all the elements of the original arcade hit, plus a few extras thrown in, like a speedy Frogger mode and the ability to drift off of one side of the screen and appear on the other. All right, here it is, number 10. The Atari 2600 cartridge that was made by Coca-Cola, where you get to shoot Pepsi. And the answer, what we chose, was Pepsi Invaders. And yes, that's the name. This really? is one of the more interesting Atari collectibles. Coca-Cola commissioned a game from Atari to give their Atlanta employees. In this case, Atari redesigned Space Invaders, so you shoot the word letters P-E-P-S-I instead of the space creatures. There were only 125 copies of the game made, and there's no wow. real box for this one, just a flimsy styrofoam shell. So it isn't really a prototype, but it wasn't commercially available either. 125 is significant. I wonder how many are actually surviving today. They say the rarity rating for this is 10 out of 10. It's the rarest of of the Atari games out there. Yeah. No, well, no doubt. I mean, there's only ever 125 copies. Now, 80% of them went to garage sales or dumpsters probably. So, you know. Now, I want to point out uh, something. You noticed every time we had an answer, they I gave the little bit of trivia, which talked about what year it was made. My sister asked me when we did that one quiz and that you did, Ken, and you're like, in this year, this, and she wanted to know why Brandon and I kept asking uh, what year. Oh, Chris, yeah. this is it, a great point, actually. Yeah, go. She wanted to know why it was important. Well, there's kind of, to me, it was basically, all right, during the specific years, specific games had a specific style of naming. Um, you know, in the 80s, they were all grunty, one word. Yeah, they're very, very simple naming. Yeah. And as gaming grew, video gaming grew, the naming conventions changed and et cetera, et cetera. So if we don't necessarily know right off the bat, we can kind of BS our answer <laughs> based on what year you come up with. Or if it's got the name Super in it three times, we know it's for Super Nintendo, which was only out from, you know, 91 to whatever. Yep. So we can guess. Yeah, there's there's a lot of guessing there. It's it's the gamer equivalent of always pick C. Yeah. And and a lot of things like, like on that quiz, there was, a, I think I call it duty or Medal honor option, I think I came up with. And there was a period of time where they were making a crap ton of games with that in that franchise. And they, they'd make them less now. And uh, going to like what you were saying, uh, games, if nothing else, because the, the all the short names have been taken already, um, 
with exception of Star Wars Battlefront, which they just keep reusing the same name. Um, sorry, that's a pet peeve of mine. Um, but games now are get it's much more acceptable to have a really wordy, wordy, wordy game. You could you could never have done that back in the eighties because you know. Uh, I think they were still using Gutenberg presses, so you just couldn't fit that many uh, letters on the packaging. Well, like, so Space Invaders, kaboom, Fast Eddie. I mean, it's yeah. just simple, easy. River Raid. River, yeah. Yep, yep. Warlords. Uh, Warlord, yeah. It, it was it was a simple concept. You didn't have as much visual visualization to you know feed into it. There was there was no like extraneous lore about it usually or anything like that you know adventure uh, okay if you sold a game by the name of adventure today that that would be everything to everybody and no one would like it everyone because, would hate you yeah it would be everyone would be universally disappointed or, and stuff it just wouldn't work so yeah there, there's a little bit of ego that goes with the one name thing and yeah and you be the plot of some really shitty movie that apparently people really liked so yeah so all right. Well, hey, guys, I think we have given uh, quite a lot of thought and conversation about Division Two and the concept of pre-orders and what they mean for us. Um, do you guys have any final remarks you'd like to say? Um, I would just like to say that I cannot wait for the final release of Division Two. I actually don't know. I'm on the fence of whether or not I'm going to play the open beta. And I'm sitting here really having a debate with myself about that. So I is it really are, am? <laughs> are, are you going to not play it because you want to save yourself for it? I think I do. I, I I'm I, I'm having a, a crisis right now. I'm like, oh my god, right. yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to go through. I don't necessarily listen. For for those of you who haven't caught on that, I've been in the alpha. Um, the content in the alpha was very very similar, i.e., exactly the fucking same as the beta. Um, except for the level 30 stuff. I don't know if I want to do that again in the open beta. Mm, and then yeah. when release comes, do it again. <laughs> I mean, that that's that's replaying a lot of the same content like in, in, a, in a short amount of time. I don't know. I don't, oh man, I'm so, I'm, but I want to play more Division. So well, I'll, I'm like, I'll tell you Shit. what, <laughs> since I didn't do the alpha, what I'll do is I will run in and see if it's new content or old content. <laughs> And if it's the old content, I'll be like, honestly hey, think, wait, wait, wait. When the, when the beta came out, I was up at four o'clock in the morning. I was trying to log in. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I was like, let's do this. Let's get started. Yeah, yeah, there was, so, there was no stopping you. Okay. So you're really pretty sure you're going to be doing it anyway. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be doing it anyway, but at the same time, I'm like, fuck, do I want to <laughs> do it again? It's, it's, yeah, it's yes. really weighing on me. I'm dead. Yeah, I'm no, dead serious. Think about, it, think about it. Think of it as basically doing your dailies. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Except your daily is zero to thirty. Yeah, yeah. To unlock Oof. the the full game uh in two two weeks time. It's that it's oh man, I'm having a I'm really having a crisis. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, I, I completely understand. Knowing that I'm gonna be in there with you. Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. So all right, uh, Ken, did you did you give your your final remark or no? But I mean, I've said this to people in uh, Meet Space, and I'll go ahead and say it again for all the internet to hear. If there is a game that will make me reconsider my stance on Ubisoft, it may actually be the Division Two, which no. is saying a lot for me. Uh, Star Trek Bridge Commander aside, because there was a whole lot of peer pressure, and I I got it on like deep discount sale, and I, I yeah I. And I it really is a, a fun game so. too. So, 
yeah, it's that's much more about the experience rather than the game itself, actually. So, so uh, and and for me, my final remark is: I'll tell you what, give me a dollar, and I'll tell you next week. Okay, oh, guys, thanks so that, much. You have for... to pre-order it, but do we get a discount? Can I just give you ninety cents now? Uh, no, no, no. But uh, if you come to me in two weeks' time, uh, you can buy it from uh, from me for it sixty cents. Will you give me a Will you give me a like a, a special bag, reusable bag? Sure. Yeah. I'll even sell you a leather coat for the low, low price of two seventy five. Sorry, two seventy six. Sweet, because seventy six. <laughs> and I'll make it out of tarps. I'll I'll make it out of pleather. Pleather. <laughs> pleather. <laughs> yes. The hide of the finest naga. That's right. <laughs> naga hide gets so sticky it's so disturbing (laughs) all right gentlemen and hey thank you everyone for listening i appreciate it and uh we'll see you at the next lunchbox gaming podcast